Hey gang, it's Harold. I'm podcasting to you from the bunker. In the interest of distracting myself and my gaming friends, I'm reaching out to some interesting people to ask them what they're doing game-wise. With such a big time dividend, I want to hear what they're playing, designing, or thinking about. No CNN, no CNBC, just games. My production obsession will have to be put on hold as I'm most interested in communicating with you rapidly and with some interesting content. This podcast documents a discussion I had with the wild weasel himself, Mr. Bruce Garrick. Bruce. You there? Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Can't hear you. Good news. Good news if you can hear me, Bruce. Makes it much easier to record when it's only me. It reminds me of a little uh, event that you hosted, I think, with Mark Herman in attendance on the internet. While you're waiting for me, I'm going to narrate what happened the last time this happened. Nobody could hear you, so... (laughs) You and your buddy, I'm trying to remember who it was that you were playing, but uh, you and Mark Herman and this other gentleman were playing a game. Mark was commenting, and you couldn't, uh, nobody could hear you, so they could just relay what you were saying to them, which made for a very comical event, almost uh, on par with the Lucy show, Desi Arnaz Jr., etc., Ethel Mertz, that whole crew. Amen. Uh, So Bruce has verified that he loves Lucy, as we suspected. He's going to restart. I'm going to hang up on you, and we'll hear more in a minute. Bruce, let's go and get started. You know, the idea... Mm-hmm. Was that we're all kind of um, we're all kind of hunkered down, right? I'm calling you from the bunker. Yeah, well, you you may be you may be hunkered down. I got to go out in the in the in my spacesuit. Right. Well, I, I uh, I'm sorry to hear that, mm-hmm. and uh, we certainly appreciate your service in that regard. Um, but one of the conditions, well, three conditions for this discussion. Uh, one is no medical discussions. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I don't want any, um, any medical discussions. Good. Second is uh, no political discussions. And then the third one, which is much tougher for you and I, is no financial discussions. I can do all three of those things. Good, good. So what are you going to do with your time? That's the question. So, uh, okay. So the question is, what am I doing? Uh, The question, the question is, what am I doing? I have been, so I've been off this week. Um, I'm back on next week on Monday. But uh, this week I've been having a great time with uh, my friend Ken. We've been playing Vassal. So uh, one of the things that we had been uh, doing over the summer was we were jumping into this and that game and playing it face to face. And unfortunately, we can't do that now. But I think we've played on. I think we've played Vassal every day this week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe we missed a day in there. 
but it's been uh, it's been really great, and it, uh, it reinforces my feeling that Vassal uh, needs to win some sort of Nobel Prize for for being awesome. Yes, certainly at that price. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would think. Um, so how so how Vassily you... are you? Are you very Vassily? I am I'm, uh, I'm I'm I wouldn't say extensively, but mm-hmm. uh, I enjoy Vassal, and I you know the the high bar for me was learning to play Combat Commander on Vassal because. Mm. Uh, that required a great deal of uh, not not just uh, knowledge, but also dexterity. Yeah, you got to play the you know how to play the cards. You got to click on the right things. It's uh, yeah. The more the more modalities there are, the harder it is. Yes, and opportunity fire, right? I yes, mean, yes. You, it, you have to be timely with your opportunity fire, so you have to right, pay attention right. and click in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's you know, Vassal was made for advanced squad leaders, so uh, opportunity fire is its middle name. It's actually called uh, VA Opportunity Fire SL. <laughs> It's, I did not know that. I, yeah. I would have expected different letters. Well, you'll you'll learn a lot from me today, Harold. I appreciate that. What okay. uh, what are you playing uh, on Vassal? <clears throat> well, we've been playing. Uh, I'm doing this sort of investigation of the Battle of Smolensk, which uh, on the Eastern Front. Uh, Eastern Front is my favorite thing, and um, I thought I would just sample all the things that are out there. Uh, Panzer Group Guderian is a game that I played a million times as a kid. I mean, just ridiculous. Um, I know, like 19, gosh, I mean, it came out in 76, but I don't think I played it in earnest until like 1980 or so. Um, so that's one of the games that uh, I'm familiar with, and I wanted to see what else is out there. Now we've got a bunch of stuff. We've got um, Autumn for Barbarossa, which is an SCS system. Uh, we've got um, we've got Barbarossa Derailed, which is an OCS game, and we've got uh, A Victory Denied. I think that's actually the oldest one of the three. That's way back 2009. That's, a, I think, an Adam Starkweather design um, by... It's an MMP game. It's one of the uh, IGS games. You have OCS, IGS, SCS. Uh, anything with an S uh, is apparently approved um, from a leg- legislative standpoint, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I, man, Gradarian might be one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great game and it's such lousy history. Yeah, that that doesn't bother me. You said no. it used to bother you, but it doesn't bother you anymore. No, I mean it depends on what. I mean nothing nothing bothers. First of all, Harold, nothing bothers me. I mean I'm just I sit here and just everything is just great. Um, but uh, you know it depends on what you're trying to get out of the game. I mean I think the, I think gaming was a different a really different thing um, when that game came out. My gosh, that's what forty. Four years ago—that's insane. I just uh, and so I, you know, I, I I have to put on one of those, you know, the archaeologists take out the, you know, the special paper and the tweezers to, to handle artifacts. So I do that with the Gadarian. But uh, the uh, I mean that those games, <clears throat> those were really interesting times because those games were made for people to play against each other. And one of the things I do when I when I look at old games is I look at the old, uh, you know, I like to look at the. Um, I look at, like to look at the historical record, and I mean historical record by uh, you know what people uh, typed into um, their on their typewriters and then sent into New York, where uh, SPI did uh, you know uh, disseminated the, to the ether. But uh, there's a bunch of stuff in like Moves Moves magazine. Uh, Redmond Simonson loved Panzer Group Guderian. He's re- he wrote a bunch of stuff uh, stuff in Campaign magazine. Uh, when Avalon Hill republished it, there were bunch of articles uh, that I read and it's all about this idea of you know two people playing each other competitively which I think is great um, I just don't really play games that way anymore uh, I did when I was you know 14 but I mean the way Ken and I are playing I mean there's a lot of 
oh man, I would have, you know, would have been better if I moved that. Well, just move them there then. Right? Just be, see how this thing goes. Um, it's just, uh, you know, you don't want, you don't want to, the game to fall apart because you're playing the first time and somebody made an obvious error that you, it's, it's going to just completely change the game. And, and yeah, you can see how to dig out of it, but that doesn't really sound like a lot of fun. So, um, so it's a different game that you're looking, the different experience, I think, than the, than the competitive stuff where people were, I, I was reading one of these, uh, you know, <clears throat> you remember those old uh, series replays in the general where they had the, you know, turn by turn thing and, you know, they have a commentator and the guy's like, I would not have moved to hex 2519. I would have moved to hex 2618. I'm like, oh, that's great. I mean, it's amazing how, how, you know, how well someone must know the game to be able to do stuff like that. Um, don't, you, don't you think, though, that that much of that, your ability to play and work together to solve the problem as opposed to work against each other is more about the archetypes of the individuals playing because um you know i have a few friends that play for blood mm-hmm. and they're happy to watch you move to 2519 yeah <laughs> and, right. and they and they don't say anything right i mean yeah, they, sure, they, sure. they accept the advantage and, and enjoy it so to me and and i'm thinking about exploring this uh and writing something on it um it's 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 all about the people and the types mm-hmm. and 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 you you probably um you probably move toward people that play the way you like to play. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, I think so. I mean, I think people people don't want to play. I mean, if they're playing for for blood, they don't want to play somebody who's going to be visibly unhappy with that. Um, but I think that I think you have you definitely have something there. But I think that we also play in ways that evolve with our opponents, right? So, like right now, Ken and I are just pulling these games out, and you know, we're we're stumbling through SCS. Um, I mean, we've both played SCS, but this is a completely different SCS game and, and, you know, there's different things going on. And, and, um, and when I, when I play it with him, you know, we're both kind of coming at it de novo and it would just suck to have somebody make a giant mistake that is going to make it uninteresting for them to continue this sort of, you know, mutual game exploration. But I could imagine with the same person, um, after you, we've played it a bunch of times and then say, hey, come on over. We're just going to play this and see who wins. Um, and that would be a different game sort of experience, but the same person, right? That, that you've, you've evolved sort of you, you're both getting into this game and understanding it. Now you want to kind of take it for, you know, now you want to take it for a real race rather than the, you know, test laps around the block. So probably um, similar to the way you and I would play Twilight Struggle. Right, we would yes, we, we would play to to, to win as yeah. opposed to yeah. optimize the experience. Correct. Yeah, I think at this point we would both be like, "Hey, man, you made that mistake. <laughs> it sucks yeah, for you." Sorry, but yeah. uh, but but that's fine, right? I mean, and then, and there's a there's a greater understanding of we're enjoying this together in that way, right? I mean, if 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 I were playing some game and somebody else were were really you know, looked unhappy because they had made some mistakes. I would be like, hey, you know what? We can do something else or we can, I mean, there's just, there's no time for that. There's no point in, in, in spending a bunch of time with somebody that's not in, I mean, it's a leisure activity, right? So. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. The, um, and I think, you know, with Twilight Struggle, if we play that a hundred times in a year, mm-hmm. um, then it, there's much less at stake for screwing up, right? I mean, sure, sure. But sure. if we're going to play, as you said, you know, you're going to play, uh, you know, I know Case Blue once in your life. Yeah. Um, it's a very different perspective on the mistake. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, that's how we've been playing all these these games. We played SCS uh, Autumn for Barbarossa, and then we uh, transitioned to um, 
to uh, the OCS. And OCS, gosh, you just cannot play OCS from scratch. Like you can't just sit down and say, you know, okay, I read the rules, let's play OCS because you're just going to do things wrong and you're going to also get into situations where, you know, your guys can't move because, you know, you've left all your supplies back, you know, 300 miles away. And, you know, it, it just, it, it's so, uh, and then you realize, oh, you know, I got these trucks stuck in, you know, there's no, I can't get them out because they, can, they can't go through a, a enemy ZOC because uh, it's truck movement is specific. And just all these things that you're going it, to, it's like you're going to, somebody gives you a Lamborghini and the first thing you do is just drive it straight off a cliff, right? So, um, so, uh, so we were, we, what we decided to do was we decided to download a, um, an article that was on the you know OCS, um, OCS what's it called OCS resource board or something. I bet you didn't know there was such a thing, did you? You, you would no, never. No, yeah. Well, now you know. See, I told you. Another teach revelation. You yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, maybe you should write these down. Um, so uh, there's an OCS resource board. We just downloaded the stuff and we we're walking through it. And that was, I mean, that was great. We're just sitting here on the video and I'm like, hey, look at this. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, it's, it's, uh, it's like, oh, I misread it. Sorry. He's like, yeah, stupid. Um, but no, I mean, we, we had a we had a really good time, and uh, then today, uh, we sat down with um, with uh, a victory denied, and I was kind of um, I thought I had read the rules, and of course we start playing, and he, and he says, you know, well, you should take do this and that, and I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, that's that's how the game works, and I said, no, it doesn't. He's like, okay, look at nine point four point two, you know, third bullet point. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm wrong. Um, but uh, but that kind of just that kind of stuff is fun itself uh, in itself. Just you're, you're kind of working through how these how these things uh, are put together. I, I really get a, I get a huge kick out of that. Yes. Now OCS, you know, really uh, optimizes. I don't know if optimizes the right word, but it, it certainly weighs heavily on that that uh, supply system and mm-hmm. and you know the trucks with the ninety eight movement point allowance right. that you move back and forth a hundred times. And, yeah, and the extenders. I love the extenders. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So and I know I know people love that and and I've played it a number of times. I like it in you know in the context of um, reluctant enemies, for example, mm-hmm. where low density, big map, lots mm-hmm. of maneuver. Yeah. And, and to me, it's manageable there. When it gets bigger, it's it's not as much fun for me. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of talk about BCS as being kind yeah. of the, the the beck and call for those yep. that are frustrated with the OCS supply. Yeah, that's uh, I have I have a couple of BCS. I'm w- I'm waiting for Hungarian Rhapsody. Um, although is that going to be OCS? No, that's, that's, that's not BCS. That's OCS. That was queen, wasn't it? Oh my God. You know what? You know what? You old people with your music. I don't <laughs> What the hell? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder, I can't remember if that's OCS or BCS, but I have, uh, I have, uh, last blitzkrieg and I have, um, what's the other one? Baptism of fire. And, um, I haven't played them. Uh, that's, that's, that's on the, it's on the list of stuff to get out. Um, I, I had held off on last split screen for a while because I just didn't think I was going to get through all these things, but then you know how the hobby is. There's no point in not buying something because, you know, in a year it'll cost $500. So might as well buy it now. Uh, yeah, so that's, I, I'd be very interested to see what, uh, what's being done with, with, uh, with the battalion combat series, but I, st- I still have a bunch of other stuff to slog through. So we'll, we'll see. Good. What uh, what uh, is your opinion of uh, SCS? Have you played a lot of SCS? I I'm embarrassed to say, and I try not to say it in big groups, and I know nobody listens to this podcast, so nobody's going to hear this. Yeah. I love SCS. Really, that's very interesting. And, um, and I lo- I love the fact that first of all, I love it. It's just so simple and easy to engage. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, there are certain games like uh, It Never Snows mm-hmm. uh, that I just think is it, the system is perfect mm-hmm. for that application. And you can argue about drop zones, etc. But mm-hmm. uh, that, that game is so big and so fun and so playable, mm-hmm. given its size, that, yep. uh, it, that SES shines there. Yeah, I think the, I, <clears throat> I think SES is kind of a a, a game, de- very much a situation game dependent uh, thing. I think I, one of the SES games I played was uh, Heights of Courage, which is a goal on seventy three, and I just felt like there was you can only do one thing, so you have to really um, I don't know how to put it. I, I, you have to to select a situation that gives you sort of a freedom of. Of, of choice and um, I think Autumn Barbaros does a good job with that now it has to do that it has to has to take a lot of liberties um, that uh, that I don't know historically I, I don't know that it bothers me it's just when I play it I'm realizing that this is you know this could not happen this is this doesn't work but then you're playing with somebody and all these you know Panzer battalions are going here and the regiments are going here and there and then there's some guys getting cut off and this guy's getting and, and, and it in the end gets you to some kind of it doesn't have all the history in it, but it gets you, I think, uh, Adam Starkweather in his uh, Victory Denied Designer's Note said he, it gets you uh, his game when he was he knew it was done because he said he got you to the gestalt of the battle. And uh, I'm I'm fine with the gestalt of that application of SCS, which is Autumn for Barbarossa. So um, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not SCS opposed in any way, um, but I think you got to you got to pick your targets. Agreed. Agreed. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so, so what's coming up? What are you going to play coming next? up? What's coming up? That's a good question. I told I told Ken that I'm done uh, dictating things to him based on my uh, video production schedule. Like just because I'm making a video about something doesn't mean that uh, he needs to uh, agree to play the thing that I need to get tested out. So uh, so he we'll see what he comes up with. Uh, I know he's uh, he's uh, he likes the Civil War. Uh, any civil war, right? It can be uh, English, American, uh, Sri Lankan. Uh, he just likes civil wars. He likes when people fight each other. Um, no, he, he likes American Civil War a lot, and uh, he likes might... to see families broken up. Yeah, that's his. I mean, he, he he's that kind of person. Um, so uh, I think we're going to see. Maybe that'll come out. Um, what else were we looking at? We were looking at. Um, I mean, I was really the one pushing for let's do OCS Smolensk because it's been sitting around, and I, I really wanted to play it. But um, he lo- he loves uh, it. It, uh, it never snows too. I think. Although he, I think I turned him on to Holland Forty Four as being the uh, the uh, ultimate Arnhem game. So that might that might have displaced uh, it never snows. Um, but I'm looking f- at that on my desk in shrink. So mm, it's a that's an excellent game. That's an excellent game. And the Vassal module is really good too. Um, I think I, I don't know. Mark Simonich does a does a great job of of taking a bunch of standard rules and then repurposing them as necessary for a historical situation that I really like. Um, Stalingrad 42, we played. We played that face-to-face at his place. Uh, not Mark's, but uh, but at Ken's. Uh, did, yeah, did Mark know about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there's just, I mean, games are, oh, that's right. That's what, that's what we've been, we've been, we've been um, talking about doing an ASL uh campaign game because uh i have the space i have the space to leave it up he does too um but um it's just something that we'd really like to do and uh we initially he and i met when uh on the uh, portland uh 
advanced squad leader sort of group mailing list and uh, we played the, our, for the first thing that we did with, together was play the advanced squad leader but then we moved on to other stuff and uh, i think we both kind of wanted to get back to asl so um we were talking about doing like a red factories uh campaign or 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 festung budapest which uh i would love to do um but yeah we'll see that's those are those are things that can be left set up so for those of us that stopped at Cross of Iron, mm -hmm. what what is what does a campaign mean, and and do you have to let it leave it set up because it's big, or just because you keep playing? Well, you keep playing. So a campaign, uh, it's the it's hassle, right? It's uh, H A S L, historical advanced squad leader. So what they do, and they they started with um, I think Red Barricades was the first one. Then they did a Camp Group Piper, I think was number two. They've done a bunch. Um, I have all of them sitting somewhere. Well, I know I'm sitting somewhere. They're sitting on my shelf. But um, there was a, a Bridge Too Far. These are all games where uh, Charlie Kibler made maps that were uh, sort of based on the actual, you know, historical, you know, photography and, 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 and terrain layout. And uh, what the, the reason that it's a campaign is that, like, just like you said, you don't ever take it down. I mean, you can't take it down, but it's going to be a giant pain to set back up. But each scenario is played on a, on a map that's big enough that you're not going to use the whole map uh, each time and what what you're really doing is that you're you're fighting over this map through a series of scenarios and in each uh in, in, so inter scenario time you get uh you know reinforcements and you can rebuild units and this and that and reposition them along your line and then you kind of decide where you're going to attack next um it, it's a I really I, I think it's a really probably the most immersive i hate that word but uh i don't know the, the I don't have a good alternative uh, immersive uh, gaming experience. I think I could, I have had is that uh, playing on the actual tactical map uh, that you know constructed the way Charlie just does these beautiful maps and from uh, from the actual documents and boom, you know, I'm, I'm in a I'm in that place. That's that's great. He's cool. I uh, I love uh, love Charlie Charlie Kibler. You know, he did uh, the the counter art. And he did the cards for Liberty or Death. And oh, I didn't was, know that. He was he was fantastic. The yeah. counters are slick, and and uh, he was a joy to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and especially when you get to work with somebody, you know, has such a rich history, right? In the, right. In the, in the industry, it's very very cool. Yeah. So, um, do you play anything else tactical? Do you have you touched this uh, this World at War eighty uh, five thing? Or everybody seems to be playing that here. No, uh, World at War 85. Is that a miniatures thing? That's shooting the gap, right? That's the lock and load. Oh, lock and load. Yeah, I just, I don't have a lot of lock and load games, not anything against them. It's just that I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm not primarily a tactical gamer, even though I think, um, well, gosh, my first game, I'm, I'm my first my first real war game was Richthofen's War, if you can believe that. And the reason that, that I liked that was because you got to keep track of your pilots and keep track of their, you know, kills and you got aces and things like that. But my second game was Panzer Blitz, and we played Panzer Blitz forever uh, with, you know, friends in junior high. And, uh, but I don't, I don't think I've really gotten, MBT I like. Um, I like Panzer, but I don't play them that much. I feel like uh, I'm always interested in more, I like more historical background to my um, to the thing that I'm sitting down with because I'm almost always reading about what I'm playing. So um, it's it's hard to 
really get into a tactical system when the tactical situations are all sort of, you know, one-off, throwaway kind of things. This happens, this happens. Um, it, it's not grounded in something. I'm not saying that it should be interesting for my enjoyment. That's uh, why I kind of stick to operational level games, right? I prefer them because I know that it's a, it's a historical occurrence that I can learn more about and figure out and sort of figure out then sort of interrogate the game how the how the history is working are you a tactical tactical gamer um boy i don't you know less and less it seems like tactical is is something that really appealed to me when i was young and i wonder if that's true of all gamers or at least yeah. some you know as, as we try to attract young people into the hobby right. i find a couple of things one that they're attracted to tactical stuff because mm -hmm. you can kind of see it and touch it and yep. understand yep. What, a, what a guy with a machine gun or a tank means. Right, as opposed to a NATO symbol, which doesn't mean anything. Absolutely. And then and then the other thing they're attracted to are minis, uh, which yeah. doesn't it doesn't happen at the same time, but sometimes it does. Well, the first, uh, just, just to continue on your minis thing, and don't forget what you were going to say, but I was going to say that my first war game, if, if we're going to talk about minis, was actually the rules that my friend Tom and I wrote for our uh, like green plastic army men. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I never formalized those into rules. Oh, we wrote them down. Uh, did you did you write down anything about accidentally catching fire when you're a Green Army man? Uh, no, but later on we had uh, we had artillery barrages that involved uh, the gas our dad's gasoline can in the in the garage, and you know sometimes those those things those were those were pretty permanent uh, permanent casualties they took there. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But you can use the 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 stubs to adorn the battlefield yeah yeah exactly it makes it's like a diorama it makes it more realistic <laughs> you know uh i enjoy uh combat commander a mm -hmm. great deal yep, yep. and and, and uh, play it every chance i get mm -hmm. and i just and not because i it screams accuracy or mm -hmm. anything else it's mm -hmm. just a fantastic game mm -hmm. yeah and you I know the same reason i play I don't know, a few acres of snow mm -hmm. and uh, Twilight Struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, I just I just think they're fantastic games. And then, yeah. so so I don't know. You know, I I, I really don't touch it much. But then this uh, lock and load tactic or the tactical stuff came out. The um, mm -hmm. the World at War '85 series, mm -hmm. and everybody bought it from Kickstarter. And here they started playing. It's it was fun. It's a nice. Mm -hmm flashback to uh to the mid 80s and all the incredible equipment that was available and, yeah. and lined up against each other and um well i mean if i were going to do that i'd play mbt um and if i were wanting to play third world war kind of thing i would probably prefer to play something like gdw's third world war series or something at a higher scale um and uh under an iron sky kind of thing uh, uh there's this guy um, you're probably not familiar with him, but his name is Mark Herman, and he uh, worked for a big game company a long time ago, and he made a game called uh, The Next War, which I uh, really like. Uh, I'll tell you from a tactical perspective, though, that gentleman that you just named, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Herman, he oh, yeah. did he did uh, Mech War 2, which if you really love tactical and you love that era, mm -hmm. that is the game. Okay. Uh, I've got it sitting somewhere, so I should probably pull it out and see what's. And if you want to go operational in that era, and you want to play a Mark Herman game, mm -hmm. leave the next war behind, mm -hmm. uh, because because I can't find one, and I'm very frustrated. <laughs> by uh, so leave that behind and try Flashpoint Golem. Have you have you played that? It was a Victory Games game. Yes, I know that that one, and, uh... and that's what 
operational modern should be. Okay. Awesome. So Flashpoint go. Golan. I don't think I played. How about have you played Tac Air? I have not. I've seen it. It's an Avalon Hill game. That's uh, it's a little more. Um, it's really it's kind of pseudo tactical, but uh, it doesn't have. Uh, it's it's. I think it might. I gotta I look it up because I think it's. It came around out in the same around the same time as Flashpoint Golan. I could be completely. This is why I I shouldn't talk before. Uh, you know, extensively preparing for a podcast because then I get fact-checked and then there's like a whole Twitter storm about how, you know, Bruce didn't uh, do his homework and that kind of thing. So um, so none of the stuff I'm saying should be taken as fact. But um, uh, I'm going to edit it, that out, by the way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right, right. That's that's the kind of, yeah. So what about Red Storm? Have you, uh, GMT's Red Storm, the tactical air combat during that? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. The ta- so the, the Librem Kamu Wood stuff, um, the mission planning series, uh, down, downtown is my favorite. Um, I appreciate the burning blue. It's kind of big. Um, I, and I don't, there's nothing against big games. I love big games. I just need to get somebody to actually sit down and commit to playing them with me. Um, and I do like, uh, what the red storm is trying to do. I have not gotten far enough into it that I'm comfortable sitting down with somebody and playing it. Um, because I just that's that's going to be another one of those things where sometimes on the first the first time I have it, I play a game uh, I'll I'll write up a bunch of notes like this is how this works and this is how this works because there's nothing worse than than somebody asking a question and being like uh I don't know I let me look at the uh, manual and then you look for you know ten minutes and they're like you know what I don't know why I came over to this guy's house this is completely lame so um, one of these days I will I will sit down and I will get through a game of uh, Red Storm and then I'll report back. Right. Good. Can't wait. Um, let me let me ask you one more question before we go. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking about taking notes when you write the games, and you also like to look at the history mm-hmm. uh, of what people said about the game at the time. Which mm-hmm. you know, given the general and fire and movement and mm-hmm. moves we have access to, mm-hmm. how cool is it every now and then to buy a game and come up with someone's notes in the game? Oh, very cool. Yeah, I I, I happen to be. Uh, Gosh, what was it? <clears throat> um, I did. I I can't remember what it was. I uh, I uh, I bought a copy of. Ah, oh gosh, I can't remember. Oh, Imperium. I, I think I even mentioned it on yes. uh, Weasley. Yeah, because uh, and you know, some guy had written a bunch of stuff, and this is you know, these were the these were where these things were. Uh, you know, someday, and it was probably like 1974, and and uh, they were you know all playing their Imperium game and super into it. And I just wonder, you know, where are those guys now? And what are they doing? Uh, but they sure left behind a historical record. Right. You know, my uh, my goal someday is to is to find something like that and track down the person and ask mm-hmm. them some questions. Oh, it would be it would be uh, it would be really interesting if they, you know, uh, were still a gamer or if they had kind of just put all that stuff away. You know, what was int- very interesting was um, there was a copy of uh, Campaign for North Africa um, at uh, at the one of the one of the many game stores here, uh, it was used and it was in terrible shape. It was you know a box that the <clears throat> the outer box was okay, but the inner box wasn't a box. It was somebody had sort of uh, stapled and taped a bunch of uh, corrugated cardboard together to to make a box because they both had just you know lost the original box. And I I'm sure that you know nine. There was, there's no way the game was complete. I don't know if it was even probably, you know, 75% complete. But one of the things that they had in there, and I almost bought it just, it was like 100 bucks. And I was like, well, you know, 
I just felt I felt a little silly. I'm like, I'm gonna pay 100 bucks for somebody's uh, old uh, beat up game, but it had this person's extensive notes, like on individual, like those index cards. Remember index cards? Yes. And uh, and they had written all these things. You know, this is where this is, and this is where this is. And then he had taken photos. You know, those kind of um, you know. Uh, old kind of 70s and 80s, you know, things that were had bad resolution and they were poorly developed. And but he'd taken just like dozens of these things. And this is where this was at this time. This was, the, and I I got it. At, I pulled it out of the store and I was, you know, looking through it because sometimes I just buy stuff like that for parts because you know you never know when you can, uh, you know, replenish some game that is just missing a few counters. But I just sat there and looked at that forever. And I just wow. This guy was playing campaign for, and he wasn't kidding around either. I mean, this is not like he set it up and then, uh, and then put it away. This is a guy who clearly had moved counter after counter. And then this is, must've been months. And, uh, I ended up not buying it. And I, I kind of occasionally just think, Oh, what if, what if I'd had that? But then it would just be another box in my, you know, game collection that I don't ever open. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's a great, I, I love those things. So yeah, if you're, if you're sitting out there, uh, and if you, uh, are listening to this and have, um, you know, notes in your game that you've made, don't throw them out, leave them in the box, um, annotate them, say, this is what I was doing. Uh, you know, the, this is the color shirt I was wearing. You know, this is, you know, last time I'd had a shower, uh, when I wrote this stuff down and then uh, just, you know, put it in there. It'll be a historical record and I'm sure there'll be a museum of it sometime. Yes, and I'd also like to, to to add that they need to put their social security number uh, on it so we can track them down. And, and their credit card. Yes, yeah. yes, very good. Yeah. Well, Bruce, uh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, sure. Very enjoyable and uh, always fun to talk to you. You got it, and, man. And, uh, you know, wish you and your family good health and good times uh, as you go through this uh, hunker down, uh, hunker in the bunker time. Yeah, and, you as uh, well, Harold. Just and, uh, stay safe and uh, keep gaming. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Put that on a t-shirt. All right, bye. Bye-bye.